You know, one of the things that I've learned as somebody who teaches artists how to make money with their music is it's not how it's thrown, it's how it's caught. So I can say something to them, but if they don't understand and I can kind of see it in their face, then I have to come from another angle. I can't just keep repeating myself, hoping that they'll get it, or even worse, raising my voice. <laughs> Maybe if I say it louder, they'll understand. No, you've got to reach people the way they're able to understand it, and you have to do it when they're ready to accept it. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with my new friend, Wendy Day. She is a mentor and consultant for hip-hop artists. She's worked with artists like Eminem, Lil Wayne, Young Buck, and many others. Uh, she's also brokered landmark deals, including Cash Money Records' $30 million deal with Universal Music Group. And not only is she awesome for all those reasons, but she also has a nonprofit organization called Rap Coalition and a consulting firm called Power Moves. Altogether, her clients have sold over a billion dollars in sound recordings. So, you know, she's been in the game for a while, and she's someone who has a huge amount of wisdom and experience. And so today, I'm really excited to dig into really like the fundamentals in my eyes of like building a successful music career, which are you know, one, how do I make money with my music? And once I have the money, where do I spend it? How do I build the right network of people that I can trust? And how do I build a fan base? So Wendy, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. I'm so happy to be here. You know, those are such great points that you just made. We could be here a week talking about them, but right. you hit all the highlights. I love it. You've been here for decades <laughs> talking about it. And, the, and that's what, <laughs> that's where it all comes from. It's really cool. I have, so, and I started as a fan, which is always like the great place to come from. I started as a fan of rap music and still am. Oh, that's awesome. That, that would make everything like 10 times more. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest reasons that you're, so that you're still doing it now is because you can enjoy it so much at the same yeah. time. Cool. I know you've been um, doing this. You've been in the game for, for a long time. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about your story for anyone who is meeting you for the first time. Could you just introduce yourself and talk um, briefly about sure. how, how you got to this point? Absolutely. I'm Wendy Day. I started listening to rap music in 1980, which was pretty much when it started. I was living in Philadelphia at the time and went to New York. I heard the Mr. Magic Marley Marl radio show and decided that because New York had such great radio, I needed to be there. So I came back to Philadelphia, quit my job, loaded all my stuff into a U-Haul and moved to New York with no job, no money, no nothing. But I made a go of it. I worked in ad sales and I went out at night and just really had a good time, danced to music, went to the clubs, you know, things that somebody in their young 20s likes to do. And then I went to Montreal and I worked for a liquor company in the late 80s. And that was like my training wheels. So what I learned from that experience was that I can start a company and take it to the next level and become successful. For me, it wasn't my company or my money. It was somebody else's, 
but he put his faith in me and I was able to deliver what was expected. And that taught me that I could do it for myself. If I could make him wealthy, I could make myself wealthy. So I came back to New York and decided to figure out what I wanted to do with my life next. I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that I wanted to make a difference in people's lives, but I thought I would be doing that on more of an entrepreneurial path. And I ended up starting a not-for-profit organization called Rap Coalition, and we pulled artists out of bad deals. And after doing that for a few years, I realized that just pulling somebody out of a bad deal wasn't enough. I really wanted to help people get into deals where they could profit and benefit and really change their lives, like help them build generational wealth. So the first deal that I was part of was Master P's deal. And that was a really great deal to be part of because it was a landmark deal. And then from there, I went on to work with Twista out of Chicago. We did a joint venture for him at Atlantic. I worked with Do or Die that signed to rap a lot. I worked with Eminem and helped sign him to Aftermath. Cash Money, I helped do their 30 million dollar deal at Universal, David Banner's deal. From there, I went on to work with Trouble here in Atlanta, where I'm now based. Little Donald, we had a hit record in 2018 and helped make him a millionaire between 2018 and 2020. So I've, I've really learned to help artists make money with their music, but more from a teaching and hands-on perspective than any other. Like, I'd rather teach someone how to fish than feed them. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that traditionally in a lot of the, like one of the biggest changes it seems like in the music industry has been a shift from the old model of where the fishing was all kind of done for you as a musician, right? Yeah. Like, oh, the record labels. At a very high stuff. price at a very high price. And now it's like, there's these opportunities where we can actually directly, you know, reach out and connect with our fans, fans. without a distributor. It's really cool. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about having, you know, kind of experienced the shift in the industry. It must be like pretty fascinating kind of experiencing it from, you know, when you first um, got started to kind of what things are happening right now and the way that things are evolving. What are some of the biggest uh, changes that you think that are kind of differences between the old model and the new model that someone listening to this right now could really take and, and run with? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to bypass the obvious because that would be boring. The fact that it went from CDs to streaming, but the two things that I've really noticed in my world is that we can now go direct to fans. We don't have to have gatekeepers anymore. You know, we can find a small distributor, upload music and start marketing and promoting directly to our fan base and expand the fan base. And then the money comes directly to the artist. There's no label in between. And then the second big change that I've noticed is how we research. And the difference is when I started in the 90s, and it wasn't hard for me because I'm part of the community and I love the music, but it would be our gut. We would really trust our gut for the music. And we would decide either your team or the artist or even the record label in what order they were going to release music. And we don't do that anymore. Although I still use my gut partially, I research everything. I test everything. So 
if we're going to release music, I might take five songs, shoot five inexpensive videos, like of an artist just rapping in the, in the vocal booth, put them all out there, put a little bit of a budget behind it, maybe 500 or $250, test the songs and see which songs the fans really gravitate towards. So that when I go to work the music and I still work all the songs, but it, it tells me which songs are going to react better and faster. So like if song two and five comes back as, you know, doing much better in the test, then I'll spend 70% of the budget on songs two and five and the other 30, 30% on one, three and four. So that's changed a lot and it's made it a lot easier, a lot more predictable. It's still an emotional sell, so it's not 100%, but it gives me an idea of what's going to react. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, it's definitely incredible, just like the power of direct response marketing and, and being able to test out these different things. A-B testing, yes. A-B like testing. It's, it's changed the game. I remember when labels would put out music, and if it didn't catch right away, if the artist was a priority act, they would kind of force the music down the fans' throats. So they could spend millions and millions of dollars, but only sell 50,000 CDs, it was CDs back then, or only 100,000 CDs, and the artist would never recoup. So the artist would almost be like a failure at 21. And really it's because somebody picked the song that they liked over what we can now test today to find out what the fans like. Hmm. That's, it's that's it's a different world. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is awesome. W one thing that you that you spoke to a little bit that I would love to hear your thoughts about are the shift in model from the CD sales to streaming and talking about, you know, making money um, with music. What do you think are some of the biggest opportunities right now for for a musician, you know, maybe both one that's starting out, starting out and hasn't built much of an audience yet, who kind of wants to get things off the ground, kind of like a quick, quick path to cash, but also just in general, like, it, would you, do you think that streaming is still sort of the foundation, like business model that they should be aiming for? Or is there another thing that that's been working well, it, better it, it, recently? It kind of, it kind of has to. Yeah, it kind of has to, because that's the way you find out what your fans are embracing is, is through setting it up on platforms. So first of all, you want to be on all the platforms where people might find you. You want to be on YouTube and SoundCloud and Spotify and Apple and, and Tidal and TikTok and all of your social media, you know, like Instagram and Facebook. You want to be everywhere that, that your fans might discover you. And streaming isn't enough anymore because it pays 0. 0.0007 cents a stream, which is not really a lot of money, right? So what it's taught us is to find other streams of income. So my clients set up merchandising accounts, merch stores sooner than later. And that's been a really great profit center. I was talking to an artist today. He makes about three or $4,000 in streaming, but he's making $30,000 a quarter on his merch site and pop doing pop-up stores. So he's learned to really monetize through more than just streaming. Touring is a great income stream. With COVID, that kind of got shut down. So artists couldn't tour as much. My artists still did because they're 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 much 
they're smaller acts. They're not at the level of like a Drake or a Rihanna yet. So they're able, they were able to do, they were able to rent Airbnbs and do different parties, you know, in, in here in Atlanta, we didn't really shut down for more than two months. We were kind of back up pretty quickly. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it gave artists an opportunity to make money. A couple of my clients did park parties, which is what we used to do back in the eighties and nineties, where in the in the warmer weather, they would just do a pop-up and bring out speakers and start performing and people could wear masks and be socially distanced and kind of feel good about the fact that they're able to still see a live artist perform. And then they would sell merch at that event, you know, instead of, you know, charging people an entry fee because they'd be in a park or in a, a public space. Other ways that artists make money are through endorsement deals. You know, they go to a local company for a product that they use and they work out a deal and say, you know what, I will either make a song about your product or I will use your product on my website and on my social media. And let's figure out a price that works for that, whether it's $500 or $1,000. It's, it's more of piece by piece hustle than it was back in the 90s. But I love that because it's really expanding the audience for the artists. You know, the people that might see the, the, the merch are not necessarily the same people that might see a sponsored product or a lot of artists sell their music, licensed music, excuse me, to film in TV and video games. So you might be, be playing Grand Theft Auto and you might hear a song in the background that you like and you might Shazam it because you really like the song and now you've just discovered a new artist and it's another income stream for that artist. So there's ways for artists to make money outside of the traditional way of people listening to music. There's a lot of different ways. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians, and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now, we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire music mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars, the first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight series. And that's where we're going to bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top-level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor, and, and maybe the most valuable, is that you're going to have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. 
That's so good. Yeah, and there's like, you just dropped like four or five value bombs there in terms of like all the different types of income streams that they can do. And a couple yeah. of that spoke to me. There was uh, the endorsements one reminded me of one of the first things that we did with, with our band was when we wanted to get a trailer, but we had no money, but we wanted a trailer so we could tour. It was like $2,500 trailer. So we went to local businesses and we lived in a small town with like a thousand people year round and we walked up to you know business owners in there and asked if they wanted to have an endorsement on our trailer like a big sticker of there's like a few yeah because home. you'd be driving around and they would but, see it right because we'd be driving around so Brilliant. you know we had like a funeral home sticker on the trailer and a bunch of different like you know local businesses and we paid off the whole $2,500 trailer with with endorsements like that so if there's a uh, one thing that I kind of that, that I gathered through like all the different income streams you just you just mentioned was that the ability to be resourceful and to yes. know, be able to be creative and coming up that there's a lot of these different opportunities and they don't necessarily rely on just that one income stream of streaming but there's, there's all these other opportunities to pursue and that. artists are so creative to begin with like to an artist 2500 might seem like an an unobtainable amount of money, but it's really five, $500. So when you look at it that way, it just makes it a lot easier to achieve your goal. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I love that idea of the, the, what do you call it? The park park parties as well, where people yes. like do the pop-up pop-up shows and you can do them out, yes. outdoors. Awesome. So one, one big question, you know, because intimately interlinked with the question of how, how do I, you know, monetize my music for, for a lot of the different income streams is also, you know, how do I build an audience that is going to want to buy the merchandise from me or is that's going to want to come out to the pop-up shows? So what, what are some ideas for, for anyone listening to this right now for like, how do, let's say that someone is starting and they've got their friends and their family who like, they've like always try to share their music with, but aside from that, that's where you start. Exactly. But and they're like, well, how do I actually reach people aside from my friends and family? What are some ideas that right. they could like, leverage right now? The way that the way that we do, we do a lot of Google ads, Facebook ads and Instagram ads. But you also have to take into consideration that the real hardcore fans don't want to be advertised to. They want to discover your music. So you might be running ads for your merchandise and then somebody's going to be like, well, wait, who's this? okay, that shirt's kind of cool, but I've never heard of them. So they're going to go and they're going to do a Google search and they're going to read more about you and they're going to listen to your music. And if they like it, they've discovered you. So even though you're running ads to reach them, you, you may not want to just like blast your music in their face. Maybe have the music playing in the background and show something that would be a little bit more of interest to them, like your lifestyle or some behind the scenes footage of you recording in the studio or, you know, a lot of artists make their own merch. So they may, you know, have a friend shoot a video of them on their iPhone of them silk screening shirts and they're using that as the ad with the music playing in the background. But anything you can do to sort of bring people in with our clients, we also find out like, what are their hobbies? What do they do when they're not making music? And if it's something like a lot of the guys that I work with are sports fans, others love to cook. So we set up shows for them either on Snap or on YouTube or on Twitch, wherever it makes sense. 
and we have them doing whatever it is that they love to do, whether, you know, if it's sports, maybe they're on there with their friend and they're, you know, bantering back and forth. And it's funny in most cases to hear people argue about sports, you know, or maybe it's on YouTube and they're doing a cooking show and they're showing people how to make their favorite meals, whatever it is that brings people in. And then you let people discover the fact that you're an artist, you know, you've got a great podcast. So as people get to see you on the podcast side and they go and research you, they find out, oh, wow, you know, this is what he's into. And, and they discover your music that way. And it's such a great find for people that really love to discover music because you're not, you're not just spamming your music at them on Twitter or on Instagram, which is what most artists do. You know, you're actually having um, the opportunity to engage with them. And that's another great way. If somebody just wants to start with social media, go to the page of an artist who you feel has a similar sound to you or a similar fan base and just start talking to the people that are in their feed and not about your music, but about whatever, you know, whatever the, the subject is going on, you know, maybe they're arguing about sports or politics or life, or as you engage with people, what's the first thing we do when somebody we don't know talks to us, we press on their bio to see who they are. And once people see that you're an artist, they're going to do some digging if they have interest in that. If they don't have interest, it's, it's, it's nothing lost. It's just a conversation. So it's just a really great way to meet people. And the goal is to start a dialogue back and forth with them, you know, positive dialogue so that they'll come into your franchise, follow you on your social media, and then also go and find your music. And if people really like your music, they'll share it with their friends. And that's really what you want. So as an artist, once you figure out your demographic, it's gonna make it so much easier for you. But a lot of artists, when they're starting out, they don't know who their fan base is. They don't know who's gonna listen to them. So this is a great way for you to find your niche is by finding artists that have a similar sound or a similar fan base to you. And what I mean by that, in case I, I need to get really down and dirty with it, if you're a street rapper, you're gonna wanna go to the, the social media for other street rappers that have similar content. If you're more a lyrical rapper and you're more of an activist and you're you're teaching people about i don't know black history or whatever you're going to have to go to the social media of other artists that are doing similar things and then start talking to their fan base and you'll you'll find out pretty quickly what your fan base is by who responds mm. That's awesome. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of gold golden there. So I hope like... I didn't get too basic. I kind of went all the way down that road. <laughs> no, no, that was that was fantastic. What I what I gathered from what you just said was that one overall, that one mistake or one challenge that happened that's pretty common it being too almost like overly promotional. And I'm mean, certainly I've seen this. I'm sure everyone has had someone who's like, correct, who's sort of just been spamming. <laughs> so it's just like, hey, hey, listen to my music or listen to my. And if that's the first thing, and it, it kind of feels like me, 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 then it just doesn't come across as well as really kind of building out a holistic approach to 
really your brand overall. So it's the music as part of that, but also it's the other things that you're doing that, that you're excited about, your hobbies. So really, you know, kind of fleshing that out and doing the things that make you excited so that the music is almost a little nugget of like, oh, wow, that's cool. So they can discover it rather than being, if, being kind of forced down their throat. You don't want to do anything that you wouldn't do in real life. Like I would never walk up to you and slam my music in your face and then insult you if you didn't listen to it. So why would I ever do that on social media? You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's still, it's still the polite factor. If I wanted you to listen to my music in real life, I'd walk up to you. I'd introduce myself to you. I'd start a, a conversation and then, and then I would start talking about what I do. I wouldn't just come up to you and throw music at you. Mm. Exactly. It wouldn't work. Right, right. Yeah, I think that that's probably a piece of advice that the internet would be a little bit friendly of a place if we all if we all took that piece of advice right. of doing what we do in real, real in person. So the other part that you talked about, that I think is is really smart because it's really it's like it is the foundation. But I think that it's it's super important is really f- identifying what's your demographic, who's the audience that's going to also enjoy your music. Yes. And a great way to do yes. that is finding similar artists, people that have a fan base that would also probably like your music, and then starting conversations with them and, and actually building a relationship in a way that's not just about me, 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 and just about your music, but actually about like building the relationship. How wonderful is it to find fans that give you feedback so that you know which songs they like better and which ones they don't like as much? If, if you're hearing from all of your fans, wow, I really like your happy, more upbeat music, and you keep making really sad, sad, depressing music, then you're learning something. Like they're giving you a key to help you do what you do better. You know, not that you shouldn't do what's in your heart. That's not what I'm saying. But if you've got music that runs all, all, all gambits and everybody does, you know, how wonderful is it to hear people say, gee, I really like this side of you. I love when you do that because then it gives you the opportunity to do more of that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, the, for some reason, the visual that came up as you're describing this, this process of, you know, of networking, connect with those fans is like, like a brain with neurons and how yeah, I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, our relationships with each other, is sort of like how a brain works and how like electrical signals travel from brain, from impulse to impulse from different neurons. So like you going and surrounding yourself with an audience of, you know, people who are likely to like your music. It's kind of like there's all these little inter connections that can happen with those people. And just by putting yourself in that space, putting yourself in the place where like you're building those, those relationships, you're already so far ahead of the game than, you know, trying to, you know, do something away from where all of those network of interconnected, you know, neurons are already firing. Think about how how it feels when you discover an artist or music that you love. You know, it's the best feeling when when you hear a song and you go, oh, I really like that. And then you're just hoping that they've got more just like it. And then you listen to that and you're like, oh, I like that too. There's such a high that comes from loving that music that you can't help but tell all your friends, hey, have you heard of this group or this band or this artist? And it, it, it's like you become this, this evangelical being that just wants to share what you found. And you're touching all these other people and it just, and then they spread and then they spread and all of a sudden, you know, you've got millions of fans. It, it's not that fast, obviously, but it's the greatest feeling for both, both the fan to discover an artist and for an artist to grow and realize that somebody loves their music. 
I love the way you just described it too. Like, I, you can tell that you uh, yourself are like such a, a big fan as well that you that you're able to relate and share that experience. Oh my gosh. The excitement of, of sharing that yes. is, is great. Awesome. So yes. let's let's keep rocking. So there's a couple of other really good questions here that that are good talking points. I think. So one, you know, once once an artist does, and this might not apply to everyone that's listening, but if it doesn't apply to you yet, then it's still going to be really valuable because this is probably if you, you know, if you stay persistent and you keep you keep working hard then you're, this is going to apply to you once you have the money like where do you spend it right and how do you actually build like you talked about generational wealth because it's no secret that a lot of times right. very on the surface very successful seeming people might make all this money and then end up going bankrupt or end up you know broke. falling back on old broke or falling back on old patterns so could you talk a little bit about about how someone could like like once they have the money what's the best way for them to really to build generation can i do a middle step first like because there is kind of a middle step like once you start building your fan base then you have to increase it and when you increase it you've got to keep the fans that you've already brought in and bring in new fans at the same time and the way that i recommend people do this is to build like a six hour driving radius around where you live and use that as your target market. Don't try to reach everybody in the whole world. Just do like a manageable territory, whatever you can afford. So if you have a bigger budget, you're going to go a little bigger. If you have a smaller budget, you're going to go a little smaller. But you want to work digitally, online, social media, influencer marketing, all that stuff. But you also want to go out and touch and feel people. So you want to perform. You want to do promotional tours. You want to do meet and greets. And then that is what's going to really build your wealth because once you get to the point where you've got millions of fans, that's where the big money starts to come and that's where you start to build generational wealth. So I don't want to skip that middle step because it's it's really kind of important. You need a, a, a large amount of fans to be able to really monetize this and get to the point where you're a millionaire or a multimillionaire. And then once you get to that point, you really want to surround yourself with professionals that can help you invest, help you devise a budget that you're comfortable living on and really help you to make investment choices that are going to grow that wealth, not lose that wealth. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a topic that I think is sometimes over overlooked because yeah, the goal is always like, you know, making, making more money or like raising, raising income and not necessarily realizing that that's, you know, that's not really the end, the end game that like, it's really about profit. It's not. Right. 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 Have you ever read the book, uh, profit first by Mike McCallowicz? No, that book is awesome. That, that book completely changed my life and is exactly about what we're talking about right now in it's terms called of profit first. It's called Profit First, and in a nutshell, you know, like the the core theme of the book is that as humans, our psychology tends to you know be tends to make it so that if we have a certain amount of money that we can spend, and we just like have it sitting there, then we're likely to spend that money if it's like in our periphery. And so his uh, takeaway is that that if we create like a system where you have like an income account, you have like maybe five different accounts, one that's like an income account. When the income comes in, you split it based on these certain percentages so that only a certain portion of that income is actually going to go to your quote unquote safe to spend budget. And, and he's got like a good system for, 
you know, what the percentages to do and, and how to pay off debt. Yeah. I was like $36,000 in debt before I had read the book and paid it off about a year later. And beautiful. Yeah. Debt free as well. Awesome. Yeah. That, that book, that book was definitely a game changer um, for me. And, and I think along the lines that like what we're talking about right now, it's just like a really important topic. So, yes. um, thank so, you. Yeah. I just went into my phone while you were talking about it and bought it. Cool. Awesome. Wait for Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Look, look forward to hearing what you think of it. So what are some of your, your takeaways in terms of, you know, you obviously you've worked with some very, very successful people now. And like, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you, that you see people make when it comes to like the money that is coming in and maybe, and also around like building a network of the people that they can trust when they're at that level. I see that more than anything. I see artists surrounding themselves with a team of people and they didn't put a lot of thought into that team or they chose the wrong people. And I see that more than anything. So I've seen, especially in my world, cause I deal with rappers and there's a lot of trust issues with rappers. So they will bring their cousin or their brother or their boy down the block in to, to manage them because they trust them, not realizing that they're entrusting their career to someone that has no business sense, no practical music business experience, no connections, no understanding of how it all works. And then their career falters and they don't understand why. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an artist that I that I worked with and I got him to this incredible level of success. And then Interscope Records signed him and gave him like a multi-million dollar deal. They gave him an amazing deal, but they couldn't, they couldn't stand his manager. And his manager didn't really understand how the music business worked. So he kept asking for these outrageous, bizarre things. And after a while, the label was just like, okay, enough, next. And they shelved him. And he ended up getting dropped from the label. He's now on Def Jam and he's got a new team, but he blew an incredible opportunity just because he trusted the wrong person. And that's just heartbreaking. Mm. Wow. So how would you recommend that someone, you know, starts, let's say that they're kind of at that level where they're really ready to start scaling up and they really need the right people and the right team around them. One, how do they, uh, how do they gracefully cut ties or part ways with some, with a relationship that's ready to go? That's, that's not serving, um, the greater good anymore. And then from there, how do they, you know, build the the team with the right people? I I think you have to have really great communication skills. And I think you have to always be honest with people. I I don't think stringing something, somebody along is fair to either you or the person you're stringing along, because if you've got somebody on your team that can't meet the mark or, or hit the, the highlights that you need them to hit, you're really setting them up for failure and they could leave your employee and go do another job where they could be hugely successful and you're preventing them from finding their sweet spot when you're holding them into a position. So I just believe that if people really love you and respect you, they're going to hear you when you explain that this isn't working out. And there's two ways to do it. You can kill the relationship, which would be really, really sad, or you can just be honest and tell them how you feel and explain that they have value to you, but 
you're outgrowing them. And I think most people understand that as long as you're coming from a place of honesty and you're not getting rid of them because you don't want to pay them or you're getting rid of them because somebody dangled a, sh a shiny, you know, uh, trinket in your face. I think that people really care about other people and everybody wants to see each other's succeed and survive and go on and do well. So I think it just comes down to communication. And then in terms of finding somebody that's ideal for you, as you become more adept at studying this industry and you learn who the players are, you learn to look at the careers of other people that are either at your level or just above a level or two of where you are and see who's advising them and would that person be willing to work with you? I, I always suggest that artists have an A-list and a B-list, especially for management, because the manager is the captain of your team or the coach of your team. So that position is your most important player. And you want to make sure that you've got a coach that has the relationships, has experience, is willing to deliver. And it doesn't mean that, that, if you don't get your first or second choice that your career is over, you can certainly find great people. You just have to know who they are and who to go after in terms of wanting them on your team. And then if you've got somebody on your team that you really love them as a person and they've got all of the qualities that you want and you trust them and they're smart, but they just don't have the connections or the experience, ask them to go intern with another management company for three or six months and let them go develop what they need to really get you to the next level. They can go work for somebody else for free and learn who's who, learn how to do it, get the relationships and the connections and come back to you and really help you get to that, to that next level. I think it all comes down to communication. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that. Yeah, and it does. What popped up in my mind again was the the network and like the brain, like the the neurons. And it sounds like part of what you're saying is that to have someone who's the right manager, someone who can really take your career forward, you want to find someone who has already built these relationships and they already have their yes. neurons interconnected with with other people because that's gonna that's really yes. going to that's really gonna help take things to the next level. And if the person that you trust that's you kind of playing that role right now doesn't have those relationships yet then they need to build them somehow correct right? so and that's their job isn't it that's what they're supposed to bring to the table it's almost like i'm, I'm going to keep with the brain i love the brain analogy if if you're a brain you want a neurosurgeon operating on you you don't want a foot doctor <laughs> operating on you if you're a brain so you've got to be in the room with the right people to begin with. And if you've got somebody that is almost there, but not quite a hundred percent, I'm saying you probably shouldn't get rid of them, but enable them to get to that next level to really help you. You shouldn't both be brand new to the industry. You definitely, I, I definitely don't want a foot doctor to be operating on my brain. So Correct. That, that makes sense. Cool. So this is great. Yeah, I think that what I really appreciate about talking with with people like you, Indy, is that a lot of times there's like these two different th forces at play. There's sort of the the tactical kind of like on the surface, like hacks and like quick things that are like new and things that are kind of shiny objects that like you know may work for a month or two or or whatnot. 
And those things are fun. There's a time and a place for, for the, those things, right? And it's part, and so it's not like, you know, it's not, you can't ever do those. But I think that when I talk to someone who is really a master at what they do and someone like you with a ton of experience, a lot of times what happens naturally is that it kind of goes back to those roots, to the foundations, the fundamentals. And so I think that everything we've talked about so far has, has really spoken to that about like, you know, finding you know connecting with the right people and literally just like starting to build those those neural connections starting to build that network um that's going to serve your music career both in terms of the fan base and in terms of like the industry people one question might be okay great so i need to build relationships with you know higher level people with experience in the music industry yes that... network up don't network down mm. awesome in there you know, so i need to network with higher level uh, music industry uh, people but yeah, you know, how do I, what's the best way to actually reach out to those people and to build those relationships starting out? If I don't already have like a successful music career and I don't have an audience yet and you know, I'm kind of starting out from scratch, how do I even build some of those, those neural connections? The way that people do it with me is through social media. They'll reach out to me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm not a Facebook person, but most people are. So you could reach out to somebody that you admire on Facebook, but don't just reach out to them and say, hey, will you manage me? You've got to really build a relationship, get to know them, research them. You know, with me, I've got 200 and some videos out there. So somebody could really watch my videos and figure out how I think and how I react and, and what my likes and dislikes are. So they can sort of get to know me. And if there's a fit, and there's a connection, it's easier to make a connection. When I was coming up in music, there was no social media. There were no websites. So I used to have to go to every industry function out there and talk to everybody in the room and listen to people speaking on panels on the stage. And then I would have to go up and engage with them in person, get their business card, go back home and call them and keep in touch and call them 30 or 40 times until they finally responded, you know, almost annoyed, like, what, what do you want? You know, and you get one shot. And if you don't know anything about that person, you're not going to be able to engage them quickly enough to catch their attention. You know, we, we all know, no matter what we do in life, what catches our attention on the business side and what doesn't. And I think the key is finding out what makes somebody tick and reaching out, like for example, I love data and research. So people that send me articles about data and research in the music industry immediately catch my attention. Somebody that sends me an, you know, a, a, an article about Kim Kardashian, you know, her newest outfit is not going to catch my attention. You know, I barely combed my hair to be here. So <laughs> you can probably tell that that's not something that drives me. So if people can figure out what it is about the person that they're trying to connect with, what would interest them, that's the way to do it. The best connection I made with somebody was somebody that loves flying drones. And I know nothing about flying drones. So I did a lot of research to figure out, not because I wanted to go flying drones with him, that wasn't my goal, but I wanted to learn enough about it so that if I were to start a conversation with him, I wouldn't be a complete and total idiot in his eyes. And it worked. You know, he's part of a drone club and I was able to ask him, you know, whether he enjoyed 
flying with other people or flying by himself, I was able to start a conversation. And it's not, I'm not a drone flyer, but it was the way in to get him talking. And then we started talking about music because he's in the music industry as well. And it did the instant, you know, the instant bonding. There's people that I look up to and I want to know more about what they do. Like they'll be teaching something about music, like how to stream more or how to use YouTube more effectively. And I'll reach out to them and just ask questions. I don't ask basic questions, but I do enough research so that I can come to them and ask a really decent question, you know, so that it shows that I've done some research and I'm not just looking for free information. And then that builds the relationship. Yeah, so so it sounds like what you're saying is that this also really comes back to communication as such a powerful skill, and that I think a lot of this is communication. Yeah, yeah, and and one thing that that feels like kind of like a through line in, in this conversation is really about to be a good communicator. It almost requires an ability to sort of detach from your own ego temporarily or your own self-interest temporarily yes. and really think about this other person the other person what do they find interesting what's valuable to them what 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 doing research on them so that when you have the conversation you can do it from a standpoint of something that they are excited about that they're interested about and then from there it's a little bit easier of a of a segue to be able to build a relationship and talk about your music right exactly Boom. exactly mic drop mic drop <laughs> Mic drop moment. The, cool. the brain with the neurons just like swelled up and went. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what it was about. Like the brain has just like made it's a reoccurring, uh, reoccurring analogy in this. But it is, it's good. I, love I think that. that there is something. Maybe it's like I've been reading too many uh, mind maps lately. Like you, you know the software that I showed you last month, Mind Nodes. I love your mind maps. Brain, brain, little inner connections. Exactly. Um, and it gave me insight as to how you think, which has made it easy to come ho- come on here and be more of a conversation than an interview. Because I think conversations are more comfortable. And I think that's also something that I, I, I want to say to anybody that's listening to this, that it's really about engagement. It's not about talking at somebody or having somebody talk at you. It's really about listening and applying like one of the great things that you're doing is you're you're spitting back to me what i'm saying to you and i love that because it it tells me not only have you heard it but you're putting it in in words that i know your listeners are going to understand because they're comfortable with you and they're they're along they're they're on this journey with you they're on the ride with you and they don't necessarily know me or or how i think or how i speak so you're making it so that it's crystal clear to them how to do this. And I love that. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I never, never really thought about that before, but that's, that's a really cool way to describe it's it. It's really very special. You know, one of the things that I've learned as somebody who teaches artists how to make money with their music is it's not how it's thrown, it's how it's caught. So I can say something to them, but if they don't understand and I can kind of see it in their face, then I have to come from another angle. I can't just keep repeating myself, hoping that they'll get it, or even worse, raising my voice. <laughs> Maybe if I say it louder, they'll understand. No, you've got to you've got to reach people the way 
they're able to understand it and you have to do it when they're ready to accept it. Mm -hmm. And not everybody is at the same level. So you've got to really have some skills and, and this is true with building a fan base too. You've got to have enough skill to know where are they in the discovery process and what do they need from you as the artist to get all the way on board? Mm. You know, do they need to hear the story of why you do this? Do they need to know that you're somebody that's a giving person and you do charitable work? Or do they, are they just very simply, you know, how do you look and how do you dress? Maybe they're a little bit more superficial and they just care about, you know, who does your hair or, you know, if you're female, who does your makeup or what gym do you work out? Where do you buy your clothes? So you need to find out what the connection could be and then offer that connection to people. So on your social media, you should always be talking about who you are and what you like and why you do this and you know where you grew up and where you went to high school were you a good student or a bad student you know what do you do when you're not making music what's your favorite part of this do you prefer recording or or do you love when you're when you're performing you know at a show you know when you when you go to a show do you have any rituals that you do you know do you pray before you go on stage do you you know, sleep with groupies afterwards, like, you know, who are you and what do you, what are you all about? I think people want to know that. Mm. Thank you, social media. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is, that is great. It's yeah, a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think for, for sure that with each of those, I mean, and all those were such great, like, I hope people are taking notes. They're just like different ideas as, as you're describing all those, just ways to express yourself and express what is meaningful to you. And those things that, you know, if there's something that you strongly identify with and it's a big part of who you are, then likely you're not, the, you're not alone. You're not the only person who strongly okay. identifies with that thing. And if you can find and you can resonate, connect with those other people that feel the same way, then, you know, it's the neurons, the, the neurons are, are interconnecting. And that's, and that's the greatest feeling when you're able to connect with somebody and you feel like you were separated at birth and you feel that simpatico, that's the most amazing feeling because it's, it's just nature's way of telling us we're not as weird and alone as we think that we are. Mm. Oh, There's a lot good. to be said for that. That <laughs> just gave me goosebumps. Boom. Another mic drop moment. Awesome. Well, hey, Wendy, I super appreciate you coming coming on here live so that we could we could I'm have a conversation so and so that our neurons could you know, could bounce back could, and forth, could so they could they could meet. So for anyone, I'm like way overdoing this neuron analogy right now. But for for anyone who is listening to this right now, who would love to connect more and you know to inter interconnect neurons and electronic signals from our our brains. So definitely the weirdest way I've ever expressed this, this part of the. I'm just really glad you didn't use the analogy of a dog with fleas and the fleas jump from one dog to another. <laughs> That, I'm just glad you chose neurons. Yeah, the neurons is definitely a little bit better than fleas jumping from dog, dog to dog. But uh, for anyone here who is interested in learning more, connecting more with you, where would be the best place for them to, to go to connect more? There's probably three ways. One is my website, wendyday.com. The great thing about that site is it gives you access to everything that I do. It's like my central holding company. 
and it gives you access to everything and tells you who I am and what I do. Social media, I'm an Instagram person more than any other platform. So connecting with me on Instagram, DMing me is not the best way because I don't check my DMs, but people that have conversations with me right out there in public, I usually respond back. And then the last thing is I have a YouTube channel that has a lot of educational videos about the music industry, and that's youtube.com slash this is Wendy Day. And somebody who's really into it will notice that if they scroll way down in the caption, my email address is there Ooh. and I answer all my emails. So if somebody really wanted to find me and, and, and connect with me directly, that's probably the best way. But if not, that's fine too. The free videos are there. Don't just take my word for it. Go get as much information and knowledge as you can. Research everything. Don't take anything verbatim study it yourself and learn and then do what do what's right for you awesome well what we'll do like always we'll put all the the links in the show notes so easy easy access to it check those out and please if you and you should i mean if you're listening to this right now especially if you're like a hip-hop artist or you're someone that has resonated with this interview then like there's no excuse you absolutely should be using this opportunity to connect personally with wendy but please if you do follow the advice that we talked about on the on the interviews so you watch yeah, don't spam watch me with videos, music watch the videos <laughs> you know learn more and definitely reach out and connect with her personally either through instagram on the comments or even uh, secret, secret uh, email a little bit down on, on the description exactly. on, on YouTube. It's awesome. Cool. Well, Wendy, you're awesome. I, I remember the first, thank we you just for met having me. Like I'm so, I'm so humbled to be here. I love what you're doing. Please keep it up. It's just amazing. I love who you are and I love what you're doing. Wow. Thank you. I, you're I really awesome. That. You're awesome. I remember meeting you like what, like a week and a like half, a two weeks ago. Card. But I remember like we just had like an instant, instant connection, instant like great banter, and we were you know goofing off and, and talking about some stuff. But I, I really you were talking about entrepreneurialism and music, and and, mm. and so many people don't get that. They Absolutely. just think you make music and that's it. Your job is done and it's just beginning. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, like immediately, like the, the, the first uh, session that we had, I could just sense like your heart and you know, you're really like the, what's driving you for what you do. So awesome to have you on here. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, Thank I definitely you. highly recommend anyone who's listening or watching this right now, go check out the show notes if you want to connect more with Wendy and hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.